Welcome back. Good to have you. Bill Michael Show. Enjoying a Friday, final hour of the week for us. And um, got Mike Clements coming up here in about uh, 10, 15 minutes, so stay tuned for that. Monday off, I'm going to be at the uh, Fisher House Wisconsin golf outing and uh, down in Geneva National. Looking forward to that. Uh, I do, uh, I was just asked, Stephen said, uh, hey, unit, do you have any tickets left for the lacrosse cigar dinner coming up Tuesday? Stephen, I don't know. I don't think so. But it's worth a shot, whether you go to Tobacco Outlet Plus Grocery uh, or QuickSpirits.com. You can see if there's uh, any tickets available. I doubt it. I have not checked, to be honest with you. But, uh, yeah, uh, so Monday I am uh, in Geneva National. Tuesday morning back in studio. And then the minute I get off the air, I'm heading to Lacrosse. Uh, I'm going to be there in uh, celebrations for a cigar dinner coming up on Tuesday night. Back into Milwaukee on Tuesday night. Got to drive out and back because Wednesday morning we've got uh, meetings uh, as we are in our final push for the uh, the Fisher House uh, poker run coming up, the motorcycle ride coming up. So Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday of next week is just, uh, I'm, I'm checking out. So if you try to get a hold of me or you need something, man, you better know my phone number to text me, and that's going to be about it because everything else is going to be, you know, just completely all out getting ready for the motorcycle ride uh, and accommodating people coming into town and such. So, uh, And then after that, uh, you got Labor Day weekend. We can breathe a little bit. And then once we get past Labor Day, it's, Getting into, um, we start getting into the the regular season. I think I'll be in Wausau. It's either Tuesday or Wednesday that following week because we've got a golf outing and cigar dinner there. And then the following week we'll be in Kenosha at Cortez's for our last cigar dinner of the season. And then after that, heading up to uh, Tomahawk, Wisconsin for the Tomahawk Fall Ride. And uh, doing some things, be off on a few days up there uh, leading into uh, the uh, the weekend. So we'll be in Chicago, too. Don't forget, we're going to be in Chicago for the Packers and the Bears opener. We'll have the postgame show live from the Shy Bar, the Sheridan Grand Riverwalk Hotel. And if you're a fan, if you're going down and you haven't made a reservation yet, that's a great place to go. And we're going to be there doing the postgame show. So come on by. And who knows? I mean, myself and Mike Clemens, we're going to be hanging out down there anyway the night before. So we can all kind of get together and as Packers fans take over the hotel, take over that area. Like I said, I'm not a big fan of Chicago, but going down there I am to do that. So always good, but got a lot of stuff coming up. And then once we get past really the second week of a weekend of September, we begin to, we get into our huddles. We have our huddles going on, but we can breathe a little bit. Um, Grant, do you have anything coming up? Well, no, I don't have much coming up. I was just thinking of uh, what it would be like to stay in a hotel with Mike Clements, and I, I just pictured, <laughs> I pictured going to the Continental Breakfast in the morning. Mike's there; he's been there for two yeah. hours, and he has been yeah. sitting down and talking with everyone and asking them their thoughts about now this Malik yeah. Heath. Anything jumping right. out to you? You watching these preseason <laughs> games? Well, what do you see when you watch Jordan Love? It's like Mike. Did you even sleep last night? Did you go to the pool and ask people their opinions on the Packers? Like that man's always working. Yeah. Um, it's for those that don't know, Mike is a, a, a nocturnal creature. He will sleep in the day, does a few things. And then all of a sudden in the middle of the night, you'll hear your phone go bing, bing, bing. And I look and it's two 30 in the morning and there's Mike emailing, you know, uh, game plan for the Packers as to who discussed what, when and where, and he's got cuts and grand Debose audio at three forty five yeah. in the morning. Yeah. 
got a hold of Grant DeBose's dad somewhere who <laughs> works in a sewer or something. He's in, you know, whatever. I mean, just, yeah, he, uh, he's, he's, he's always working, man. And hanging out with Mike is, um, it's, it's like hanging out with an iceberg. It is slow and methodical, but it always gets from point A to point B. And you just kind of take that as it is. Mike is, Mike is in his zone, man. And it's fun. I, I, I tell you what, when we get a chance to get away, and we do get a chance to kind of just talk and sit down. Have you ever, like, gone anywhere with Mike, Grant? I've never met Mike in person. I've talked to him really? probably close to 100 times now. We've spent hours on the phone together, um, okay. texted, emailed plenty. But I've never met Mike, so that's got to happen at some point this season. Okay. Um, yeah, Mike is um, Mike is a, a, a bird. He, uh, he, he really take, there is there are people that stop to appreciate the circumstance. And I try to do it. I really do. I try in my life to do things where you stop for a minute, you go, okay, I really appreciate everything you have and whatever it is, whatever moment you're in. Um, And I do that a lot, like at at big sporting events and games and concerts and things like that. But Mike does it for everything. I mean, Mike is the guy that will just look around and observe everything. And um, we've walked in Chicago before to dinner, we walked to, to Harry Carey's once and, you know, we were admiring bushes out and back uh, of the NBC television station yeah. and uh, the Chicago Tribune and the old sandstone building in which it's built. You know, we, we <laughs> just stuff like that. When we were in Chicago one time and when we go to Super Bowl uh, out in L.A. a few years ago, we uh, somebody had turned us on to this uh, this Japanese restaurant uh, up in the hills of Hollywood. And we f- found this place. Uh, as a matter of fact, it was it was Kristen's client, uh, David. David uh, turned us onto it. And uh, w- Mike walked in. All of a sudden, Mike's gone. And Mike's taking pictures of the plants, of the bushes, of the the Zen Buddha that was at the bottom of the hill, uh, of the of the plates. Uh, they had this little thing that they brought out. This little piece of wood with a plate uh, like a hot plate on top of it and you could actually cook your own meat it was so hot it was fired up on stones so mike is taking these chopsticks and and flipping the meat side to side to get the best you know sear on both sides and he's taking it's just it's just so cool to watch because there's an appreciation for every detail in your life around you type of thing so mike is a (laughs) stop to smell the roses type of guy yes he is yes he is he will not only tell you the roses but he will tell you where they were grown and what kind of manure uh, fertilize them where they went to school and yes. you know how many reps they did on the bench press and every yes. little detail that you need to know yes exactly so it's all it's always fun so and what's really cool is that we are actually giving away a trip uh, as a part of the motorcycle ride to a lucky couple whoever they happen to be or two people um for two tickets to go see the packers and the bears and an overnight stay at the chicago grand riverwalk but can you imagine not only winning this package but being like this you know ardent packers fan and, you know, we say, here's your tickets, here's your reservation, we'll see you in the lobby when we'll get you checked in. And then, you know, Mike and I don't have anything to do when we're on the road. We don't, you know, uh, Kristen's got a, on a um, she's got a show to do. She's doing a bridal show with her company. So she's not going. So it's just Mike and I. And we don't do a whole lot. You know, we'll go get a little dinner, walk around a little bit, and then we go back. Can you imagine being Lee's Arden Packers fans and, Mike saying, "Hey, we'll meet you guys in the lobby for some drinks afterwards." And you're sitting in this these these four armchairs in the middle of the shy bar, and you know you got a few people down there, but it's not overwhelmingly jammed. And you're sharing a drink, and you get to go, "Hey, Mike, tell me about blank." 
or, hey, guys, tell us about when you worked with Brett Favre's dad or, you know, and you just get this. It just comes out. Can you imagine the value? That's why we call the, 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 the Packers deal priceless, because you get a chance to just sit down and go, OK, so what happened? OK, phones down and here you go. And it, so can you imagine winning that package? Whew, holy mackerel. Mike is a uh, I've often said if you you know if Cliff Crystal wasn't the uh, the Packers historian then Mike should be the next guy in line. Mike should go to work for the Packers. There, there's not many people that know and remember more and do more research and such regarding the Packers than Mike Clemens. I'll tell you that right now. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Tom says, does Clemens even have an image in the mirror? No, he's not. He's not that nocturnal. But uh, but Mike, see, Mike does all kinds of stuff. He does stuff like with his family. You'll see stuff pop up with old class, high school and college classmates will pop up. Uh, his mom's still in Beloit, Wisconsin. So you'll see when he's down there visiting, stuff will pop up about Beloit. You know, so he's got a very interesting past. Very interesting past. Um, Preston says, "Do you think Aaron Rodgers is going to return to Green Bay to retire a Packer when it's all said and done?" Yes, yes. He'll be back. Mark Murphy even alluded to that fact. Aaron will be back. They'll retire his number or, re, you know, put him in the ring of honor or whatever it is they decide to do. You know he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. And my guess is, yes, he will. his number will be retired. He won a championship. He has been, for all intents and purposes, one of the best quarterbacks to ever take a snap under center. Uh, yeah, the championships, uh, numerous, have eluded. But overall, the career has been magnificent. So he will certainly uh, – now, this one was extending it a little bit, and this is from Chad who says, will he go into the Jets' ring of honor if he wins a Super Bowl there? Oh, my God, yes. Oh, God, yes. If he wins a Super Bowl in New York for the Jets, my God, yes, he, he will go into the ring of honor. Even if it's one year. Let's say they win it this year. You bet. Because he will be the guy that single-handedly almost took him over the top. You, you, without a doubt, he will go into the Ring of Honor in New York. And they will gladly do it. They will gladly do it. Uh, we're going to break. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. And then uh, Mike Clements is going to join us coming up here in a few. And uh, Rick said, Shalori Butler be in the Ring of Honor. He's a Hall of Famer, absolutely. Absolutely. Lori Butler should be. And I would assume at some point they're going to put him in the ring. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I would, I, would, I would say definitely yes. Uh, so this portion of the program uh, brought to you by our friends over there at Point Brewing. And uh, thanks to Joe Martino and the gang at Stevens Point uh, for all the support and uh, kind of stepping in and uh, taking over some of the, uh, the local brewery sponsorship. We appreciate that. Always have. Brewing excellence since 1857. Doesn't matter what they have, whether they've got the, the summertime beverages or the uh, old traditional lager, Cider Boys, which I love the first press. Not a big fan of some of the other stuff because everybody loves flavors. I just love straight cider, just a straight good apple cider tasting beer. That's that's really good. So I've always enjoyed Cider Boys. And by the way, Cider Boys, if you're going to say, I know there's Angry Orchard and a few of the other ones out there and Magners and stuff. This is the stuff that actually tastes like apple cider. Just so you know, this is the best of the best. And it's brewed right here in our own backyard, Point Brewing. Stay tuned. Mike Clemens going to join us coming up next on the Bill Mike. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. 
Get a 250 series patio door and eight double hung windows with hidden screens for as low as $188 per month. Visit PellaWI.com today. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offer ends 831-23. The Zone is your home for Milwaukee Brewers baseball. The Zone. How is it that we can have smokers lines without ever smoking? A skincare minute with skincare expert, Michelle Neeson. Smokers or lip lines can occur not only because of smoking, but other factors, such as talking, drinking from a straw, genetics, and age-related fat loss. The most simple and effective treatment for this problem is a combination of dermal fillers such as Juvederm, which can smooth and fill those fine lines as well as hydrate the lips. Also, a neuromodulator such as Botox can be used in small amounts to relax those pursing muscles. At Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie, this treatment results in a natural, more youthful appearance of the mouth and often lasts a year or longer. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. Pest control? You've got a guy for that. Car repairs? You probably have a guy for that as well. For someone to custom design a unique piece of jewelry for you, or help your current pieces look sparkling fresh, that needs to be William Thomas Custom Jewelry. Affordable and local. William Thomas Custom Jewelry will help you create a desirable, one-of-a-kind piece that you'll be proud to wear for years to come. William Thomas Custom Jewelry. Your inspiration, your custom jeweler. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, call SelectQuote at 1-800-683-7713. That's 1-800-683-7733. Or go to SelectQuote.com, 1-800-683-7733. That's 1-800-683-7733. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. The highest paid player per season in the history of the NFL, Justin Herbert. What a great deal. A great deal for the Bolts. And it's going to be a bargain, despite all that paper, even at 52.5 mil per season. Yes, it's a lot of paper, but this is a lot of QB. Ton of arm, a lot of youth, a lot of leadership, a lot of talent, and a hell of a lot of grit and toughness. 96.7 FM, 1670 AM, The Zone. Snap. Love watches it go down to the 20. And they try to fall out of the Patriots have recovered. The Patriots have recovered the ball in the 17 of Green Bay and Aaron. 
snap from the center. I don't know if you would call it a challenge, but you said you needed to see more consistency from Josh. Um, I think he's done a nice job. It seemed like yesterday, you know, I thought all in all, especially when you talk about our pass protection, I don't believe there's any hits or pressures on the quarterback. Obviously, he had the one miscue with Jordan on the fumble snap that we can't have happen. Good to have you back. Bill Michaels Show. We continue on the discussion regarding Matt LaFleur and the bad snap. And uh, that leads us into the last three segments of the program and of our week uh, with our guy Mike Clemens on hand. Michael, how you doing, man? Pretty good. How are you, Bill? I'm good. Um, I, you know, it, today's kind of bubble day. So today's the day you start looking at guys going, okay, who really needs to make a showing tomorrow if they're going to remain on this roster? So that's kind of what we've been looking at all day. And uh, I know that's something that you've talked about. You, you know, you've pointed out a few guys to say, hey, keep your eyes on these cats, Malik Heath being one of them, that they have a real shot at what they've done so far. Wilson is another one uh, as far as the running back goes who's averaging over four and a half yards a carry, even if you take away the 80-yard run that he had. There's some guys that have shown some things. Here's the other thing, Bill. Um, after watching, being at every practice uh, and every media avail and locker room and game and whatever so far uh, for training camp for our show, um, the last couple of practices I thought is, you know, here's some kids I really haven't looked at in terms of reps. I, I've got to focus on the end of the line at wide receiver and and running back and uh, some of the other corners that are out there, et cetera. So I started watching a, a number 16, uh, Dre Miller, and, you know, because he's – I don't know if he got any snaps in that game against the Patriots game. And, by gosh, here he's with a third string, and I think it was Sean Clifford that threw it to him, but he, he made a spectacular catch in the end zone. And then there's this Jadakis Bonds from Hampton. He wears the number six on offense, a wide receiver. And he's made a couple of – uh, catches, deep ball catches this week. He caught one from Alex Magoo, the third-string quarterback. So this occurred to me. You know, after five weeks and 15 practices and two preseason games and a couple of joint practice sessions, for some of these guys, it's now just starting to click. You know, it's right. they just got here. And and so I said to LaFleur, I suppose that this is something that you and Goodkinst have to go over and you have to account for. Is like Some of these guys that we've got undrafted, we're going to have to give them a month before we start giving them a serious look to see now do they get it, and let's put them under the spotlight and see if they can perform. And I asked Matt if that's one of his considerations. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think, you know, we go into it every game with an idea of what we are trying to see, and I think that's why it's so important that in, in terms of the communication with myself and Goody, making sure everybody's on the same page, making sure that we get – the proper evaluation and, and put guys in a position where we get questions answered. Mike, it's, it's really a difficult situation because you're trying to get the starters reps and guys that needed reps, but yet you're also trying to get a very fair look at the guys that could be on this bubble and not having that extra preseason game is, is one of those things that, you know, guys that were kind of bubble guys, were against because the last game was usually their game to shine. And last weekend's game, you lost 25 snaps, whether it was offense, defense, or special teams, because the game was called with 10, 29 mm -hmm. left to play because of right. the injury against the Patriots. And Pete Carroll is coming to town. Now, this is a long-time NFL coach, 
is he the oldest? Is, is, I don't know if he's older than Belichick. Maybe the same age. Belichick is 71. And Pete, and I had Gus Bradley as a defensive coordinator and a young guy named Dan Quinn who took over. And then, you know, they won the Super Bowl. And then Dan got a head coaching job in Atlanta. And a young guy, quarterback coach named Matt LaFleur, uh, was on that staff in Atlanta. And LaFleur has often said how much he's learned from Quinn. And I got to think some of that comes from the Pete Carroll tree about competitive periods throughout the week, even during the weekly, uh, the regular season. And in terms of formatting things, and so I thought this was interesting that Pete Carroll said yesterday in Seattle before they got on the plane coming to Green Bay today, was that he likes this format now. With three preseason games, the Seahawks do something they call a mock game. And then after all this training camp work, the players and the coaches are going to get next weekend off. Everybody gets a bye before you kick into a 17-game regular season. He's a huge advocate for this format, he says. Yeah, we, we've really made it a four-game evaluation, you know, with the mock game being the first one, and, and uh, so we kind of haven't left that that part of it. But uh, but I really, really like this format. I think we've made uh, the league has made great decisions for us uh, to to adjust, and, and uh, the the week coming up is an enormously a, a valuable week for us in terms of health and. Uh, and you know, going back to the basics of stuff, where you don't have to worry about a game coming up and getting ready for that. Um, and then the next week's game week, you know. So, um, I, I, and the way that we we cut the squad down because of the way they formatted it is way better than it was before. So, um, I think it's just years of griping about stuff, you know. And I think you know, there's squeaky wheel, and you know, something happened, and they made some great choices. It, it, I hope they're not planning on any changes because it, it works great. You know, Mike, uh, when you talk about Pete Carroll and things have worked great, um, <laughs> getting Geno Smith, comeback player of the year, and watching the train wreck that was Russell Wilson, I mean, a year removed, boy, hindsight being what it is, the Seattle Seahawks made the right choice. Yeah, and I know a lot of listeners in Wisconsin have disdain for Pete Carroll and the Hail, fail Mary game and those kinds of things. But let's face it, guys, you know, taking this team to two Super Bowls, won one of them. Been in the NFL an awful long time with three different teams. And as general manager, John Schneider grew up here in Green Bay, was one of those Ron Wolf, Ted Thompson guys, and became Pete's GM when Pete got into Seattle and they were taking over the Holmgren regime. And he's put together great teams. As a matter of fact, Schneider and Goody probably going out for a beer tonight once the plane lands from Seattle. And so Pete Carroll's the guy who you asked like yesterday, like, boy, it's, it's been a year now since you traded Russell Wilson. And people claim, well, you Seahawks, you're just trying to tank and get better draft picks. But then Geno Smith came on toward the end of last season, and they got to be a pretty tough team to, to play. And so Pete Carroll's talked about, you know, one year after you trade Russell Wilson well, what, to the Broncos, what do the Seahawks look like today? All being football guys and football players, every year that when you come back, it's a new life. You know, it's like a whole life starts all over again. And uh, we we clicked into that mode coming out of last season with a really good feeling about the future. The players that had been with us and the, and the guys that lead us and speak for us, um, they felt strongly that we had we, we were on the move. And maybe it was because of there was you know some unexpected success last year. And okay, now we can build on that and go. 
whatever the reason is, Attitude has been really on it. I mean, I've, I've said to you guys a uh, hundred times now about the, this group, their mentality, their approach to the game, uh, how they're looking at it, what they bring every day. Uh, the, the attitude and the mentality is so powerful because right now, you know, attitude is everything. And it is. I mean, when you talk about the attitude and moving on and such, Packers going through something somewhat similar, going ahead and letting go of the, the quarterback, and now you've got the young quarterback getting ready to take the reins. And, you know, and Mike, as we all know, uh, you know, you can talk about certain quarterbacks, Hall of Famers that have followed Hall of Famers, but there is no franchise in the history of football uh, since the modern-day Super Bowl era that has gotten Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer, and back-to-back-to-back succession in their franchise. Except for maybe one, the 49ers. I mean, Steve Young was there and pushed out Joe Montana. So, you know, you're right about this, though. I mean, the Patriots are still looking for Tom Brady's replacement. Uh, The Saints, to me, they're still looking for Drew Brees' replacement. The Colts replaced Peyton with Andrew Luck. That's already come and gone, and they didn't get their Super Bowl. And this was an interesting comment that Steve Young made on CBS Sports Radio about, look, he had to follow Joe Montana. What's his advice for Jordan Love? Well, the number one advice is that you can't be Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers. Don't try. Everyone will try to compare you, and they want you to be those guys. You just got to say, no, I, I reject it. I'm not, I'm not going to try. And, and, they say, and, and the comparisons are inevitable. Get used to it. Aaron Rodgers never threw an incomplete pass. Aaron Rodgers never threw uh, an interception. And Rodgers never lost a game. I remember when I replaced Joe Montana, there were times when I wanted to go to even my own teammates and go, you know, Joe threw an interception. Like, he did. But, you know, no, he didn't. So there's all of that. It's like a a huge mountain that you have to climb that you need to say to yourself, I'm not climbing it. I'm going to leave that mountain alone. I got another mountain over here that I I have to go play great football and help this football team win and do good. This mountain, I'm not going to try to climb. And, and I think that's what happens. If people try to replace others and try to compare themselves, they start to climb a mountain that you can't, you're never going to get up. Don't go there. Just leave it behind. And, and the comparisons and all the, the pain and anguish and the disparity and, and how unfair it is, like, accept it all. It's going to be unfair. They're not going to remember anything bad from Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre. You're going to be uh, unfairly judged. Like, accept it all and just play great football and take the game to game and take what your coaches say and try to isolate away from the inevitable, incredible mountain of noise that you're going to get. And that's probably tremendous advice because, uh, you know, now, you know, Aaron Rodgers left and there was some people that were finally just like, look, you're you're talented but good riddance. So they're giving Jordan Love an opportunity, but he's right. He's 100% right. He is. Uh, you know, the other thing that's going on is it's like Pete Carroll was talking about there. We've got a whole new attitude. I mean, you know, some of these veteran players, it's great to have the experience, but then they sort of get set in their ways and they make a lot of demands. And uh, and then maybe it's time to just go sort of clean house. And we get a bunch of kids that are fast, a fewer injuries. And yeah, we have to work harder to coach them up. But uh, it's, it's easier to go to work, man. There's not so much drama. Right. And they brought back Bobby Ingram, you know, uh, after he kind of went away for a couple of years. And, and so they're, they're, they can bring back a veteran like that. But uh, I thought that was a very interesting comment from Pete Carroll and essentially John Schneider on, yeah, we moved on. It's, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Right. right. Uh, the other thing, Mike, we were talking about before, Defensively speaking, as much as we talk about Jordan Love and the offense and the young cats over there, 
Uh, I really believe this year the defense, for all the investments that they've had over the years, I, this defense has to do some things this year, no doubt, right? Yeah, and I'll tell you, I've got some quotes coming up from, from that side of the locker room, too, because well, I'll just put it this way. Uh, you know, Jair Alexander called out Joe Barry a lot, you know, last year. And right now he's sort of calling out the Packers' offense, which is pretty interesting. I mean, if you want to hmm. get to that later, later on. Um, but there's listen, there's plenty to be excited about with the defense as well, what they've got going on the defensive line. There's a few other spots where they think they've got some, some gaping holes. Um, is kicker one of them? Sure they are. We'll talk about that, that too, right? Teams that, that might be. That right? Might be, okay. Yeah. Okay, let's do this. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. we got a lot more to get to. Mike Clemens joining us on the program. Uh, we'll be back coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. How long do you think you'll go out there again? About two hours. So I, I turned on the weather this morning and they had one of those helpful hints that you're supposed to reduce strenuous activity. So how do you do that during a football training camp? You don't. You deal with it. It's part of the circumstances. And it's kind of sick of me, but yeah, I, I, I don't I don't mind it. I think going through a little tough, you know, something tough is, is good for you. Have you ever reconsidered night practices? <laughs> Just for you, Mike. <laughs> we'll, we'll hold one later this evening. Eight o'clock. You could. It'd be great. You'd be the only one there. <laughs> Mike Clemens getting his own practice. There you go. <laughs> Good stuff. Matt LaFleur saying, Mike, come on out. Yeah, you can go to the practice. We'll flip the lights on for you. You can be out there mowing the grass, hanging out. Mike is brought to you by our friends at the Bay Motel, Green Bay. Bay Motel, Green Bay. Quiet, cozy, comfortable. The Bay Family Restaurant. Uh, they got home style cooking all the time. Go to BayMotelGreenBay.com. Great place. Cozy, only a mile from Lambeau Field and South Military Avenue. Again, BayMotelGreenBay.com. That is BayMotelGreenBay.com. Mike, he is, uh, he's going to give you your wish. He's going to turn the lights on. You can go hang out a little bit. That's not a bad way to go. Yeah, me sitting there on the empty benches with my popcorn. Still thinking about <laughs> Mike McCarthy and his generators. Now, you remember when McCarthy came up from the New Orleans Saints, and said, hey, we're going we're gonna to have, I'm going to try and do a Mike McCarthy here. Right. Uh, we're going to have night practices. We did this down in New Orleans. And I think the players, there's just something about the night practices. There's more energy. Uh, the fans love it. And they do. Because, you know, if if school started early, they, the parents bring their kids. And it's cooler. And there's just something about the energy under the lights. And they had some pretty long practices, and they rented some generators. And then Mark Murphy said, well, heck, well, let's, let's jazz up the Ray Nitschke field. And so they got it all set up and spent millions of dollars on lights. And then new coach comes along and says, yeah, we, we're going to start practice at 1030. We're, we don't have night yeah. practices. Right. And, you know, that's, all, that's not just him. A lot of it is based on all this you know, health stats that he gets from the trainers and GPS and, you know, biorhythms and, and all that other kind of stuff and, and, you know, player happiness as well. So that's why LaFleur just doesn't do night practices. So, that's Mike, uh, we were talking bubbles earlier, and is Anders Carlson on the bubble? You know, overall, like the however many kicks he had, he was 68% in practice 
but actually around 84% in practice, according to Bill Huber's Sports Illustrated, in games, or if you also include like under the lights in family night. So, you know, practice is practice. You're supposed to try out things. But there's this tremendous moment, and I called you right after it happened because right. I couldn't believe it. Here's the end of training camp. And for the last couple of periods, the guys are out there, and they're at full speed, and they're scrimmaging. Offense, defense, ones against ones, running all over the field. And uh, Jordan Love trying to complete some passes and move the ball, and guys trying to pick it off and make some last-minute impressions. And then – after a good two-hour workout and after, you know, a draining and 100-degree temperatures on Wednesday, LaFleur brings everybody in and says, hey, let's end training camp, because this was the official last practice of training camp, with uh, an Anders Carlson field goal, huh? So they line up. Now, Rich Passaccia earlier in that practice had done things to mess with Carlson, the rookie kicker's head, like they're like, they're supposed to have a period for field goal kicking. He says, oh, time out. You know, and he pretends to throw a penalty flag. Eh, somebody jumped off sides. You got, got, now you have to move back 10 yards just to mess with his head, just to throw something different at him. So here's now all of a sudden, you, you know, you've been standing there for 20 minutes. You think practice is over, and all the head coaches saying in front of everybody, hey, he's going to kick one for us. Let's put the ball down right here from 50 yards out. Go ahead, Anderson. So then the, the players start squirting water on him and yelling and razzing and having fun. And he sets up, and it's step, plant, kick, wide left. Mm. And you can hear like a pin drop, like, <laughs> you know, this is how we're going to end training camp. So right. some veteran, maybe Bakhtiari, he yells out, hey, let's do over, do over, do over. So the guys start chanting, and, and you know, they're all there to support him. It step, plant, kick, it goes up high and, and between the goalposts, and it's good. So I'll give him credit. He was there at his locker, and me and one other reporter, Chris Roth, went up to him and said, what did you think about being challenged at the end of practice to kick one from 50 yards out in front of 90 teammates? Yeah, I mean, I didn't know it was coming, so it was a good surprise. But, I mean, it's it's good stuff to kind of put you in a real game situation. Yeah, I think the first one was a, a timeout before I kicked it. You know, regroup, hit, hit the next one, and then uh, yeah, the last one was a good uh, kind of back it up kind of see yourself get back because uh you know last last game we had the extra point that i thought was going to come back actually uh they, they took it on the kickoff but situations like that they're going to happen in the game so that one at the end of practice so they, 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 yeah. they put the screws yeah. to you i mean yeah. they were crowding you they were Absolutely. squirting water on you yeah i mean i think it just signs up the, up the moment right you get some more energy it's it's fun for me i think just uh being out there in front of the guys and you know they're messing around having fun with the water and everything but uh for me it's a time to lock in and, and try to execute a real game rep i try to assimilate everything but when you get a little more energy it feels a little more like uh, sundays and saturdays um you know the the pressure uh, i i guess you know mike when your peers are squirting water on you and cheering for you and screaming for you and it's getting kind of rowdy that's that's a different level of pressure um i mean what do you say you know you missed the first one you came back and at least you redeemed yourself you know yeah it's there's just something about what's going on with him is that he's not – it's not like you have to hit all the kicks. It's just it's when you do it. I, it's hard to explain, but the confidence is in there. And I think the other thing that's hard to for guys to sort of figure out is either his reactions or the fact that he's got a strong leg. I mean, they, they've seen him kick the ball 70 yards. So, you know, how, and they, they try and put it under perfect conditions. And so I asked him this, what's it like 
when all those guys are cheering for me, clearly they've got your back. And when they want to see you succeed and go out on a high note, you know, do, is it, do you feel like you're letting your teammates down when you miss one? Yeah, and I mean, uh, I'd say I'm my hardest critic, but definitely when I miss, I'm like, you know, I want the guys to go crazy and celebrate and end off the right way. And uh, it's good to put the second one through. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely a, a morale booster when you do put it through. It is. Um, you know, you wish it was the, the first time, not the second time, but nevertheless, at least he got it through the uprights. But uh, like you said, that's a guy that uh, they really believe in his big leg. It's like being a center in basketball that's 7'2". You can't teach height. You can't teach a strong leg. So they're going to hang with him as long as they can. I did find it interesting what Brian Gudikins had to say when he came down and spoke was that, you know, hey, they're going to continue to work with him. But once you get into the regular season, you know, he kind of said it's about results, and that meant, to me at least, that, you know, hey, you're going to get a couple of misses, but for the most part, you better start hitting your kicks. And then two hours after that's all tweeted out after yesterday's practice, there's an SUV that pulls over somewhere in a high school in Texas, and a guy gets out and gets out his kicking ball and his kicking tee and kicks one from 50 yards out. And it's Mason Crosby who makes note that, you know, he's with the kids, but, hey, you need to see a 50-yarder? Here you go. And he put it on Twitter. Here's, here's the audio. Right. It's always dad season. We've got to keep preparing for football season, too. There it is. Right down there. There it is. Right down Broadway. I mean, like it was nothing. <laughs> like it was nothing. That's the most amazing thing about it. I know. So... There's that going on, and then when you, you were earlier, you are talking about defense, and to me, still the gaping hole, like it's been through all spring in this camp so far for me, is who's going to line up at safety next to Darnell Savage. And I've, now they got Rudy Ford back with the ones. They've looked at Jonathan Owens, who they brought up from the Texans. And you know what? To me, I think maybe the seventh rounder, this Anthony Johnson that they've got, maybe this is the kid that, has probably got the best shot, uh, maybe uh, being the future in this. Unless, of course, after Labor Day, Goodigans brings in some free agent that gets cut from another team. And I, you know, I, I would not be surprised if that's it. But I went to this Anthony Johnson because he's been making some plays, and I said, "How much are you learning from Darnell Savage, Jonathan Owens, Rudy Ford in the safety room?" I've learned a lot. <laughs> I've learned a lot. I, I want to give a shout out to the vets in my room, though, like Jo, Dow, Savage, Rudy, all of them, Timor. Man, they've all embraced me and um, Sap, and they've helped us so much. Like, you always come in and you hear that uh, the vets might not help you or they'll be bad to you. Man, they've been open arms and helped us, like, hey, and do this a little better. You know, at times, I got a bad rep, and I'm hearing it from six different guys, and I, and I love that, you know. So just hats off to them and what they've do, done for me and Sap and continue to do for us, man. That's, it's a pleasure to be around those guys. Is there a balance between being a Simon Schur and being instinctive. Oh man, I think I think it is a balance. I would say that you're more assignment sure. When you're assignment sure, I think your instincts allow you to make plays. When you're doing your job, I feel like that's when plays come to you. But when you're trying to force and just play off all instincts, usually out of position and you're not doing things right. So I think when you let the game come to you and let your instincts take over in a moment where if you're supposed to be the deep safety and you be it, then I think that's when you end up making plays. Uh, Mike, when you talk about the veterans, especially guys that try to help you, it's also this uh, this team's younger. So the second-year guys, I don't know if they're going to have that veteran experience to lean on, but they, they're also being looked to, to, to step up. 
On defensive line, you lost Kyle. Uh, you lost Dean Lowry to the Vikings. Jerron Reed went back to the Seahawks. You've got two promising rookies, Carl Brooks, Colby Wooden. But you know what? You really need some help from Devontae Wyatt out of Georgia in his second year. And he, he looks great in the one-on-ones. I think he's throwing his hands around. And I asked him, what changed so that you've got, you know, you're throwing your hands and, and going after offensive linemen more aggressively? Confidence. That's all it is. Really? Yeah, for me, last year, I, I didn't have a good confidence because it slowed me down a lot because I didn't know what to do. I didn't know. Was I, I felt like I was doing everything wrong in my head last year. But this year, definitely the high energy I want to play like. Cause I look at RG a lot. Rashawn Gary and the way he plays is crazy. So I kind of keep that high motor like him. So Rashawn Gary speaking to him. Man, a few words, but at least he's uh, he's back. Now we'll wait and see if he's ready for the opener. But uh, at least uh, good to see him in the 11-on-11 drills. In 10 months, coming back from Mason right. and the ACL, and we asked him what it was like to get some snaps in scrimmaging this week. Um, let's get back to playing real football, getting back to, you know, moving out thinking. So just getting being, being back out there with the defense, feeling that energy, flying around my guys. There's no other feeling like it. I'm happy to be back. How many more boxes do you have to check before you're ready for game day? <laughs> I don't know. We got, I got to talk to the head coach, got to talk to the training staff, but I know I got a couple more boxes to check off. But, you know, I know I'm doing a damn job and I'm where, where I want to be. And it's the the Packers secondary, Mike. As much as we talk about the group in front, it's the Packers secondary that we have maybe a few concerns. Jair, and you hope to get Stokes and company back, but uh, but it's the safety group that's a little bit questionable. But uh, you hope that uh, you can, you know, uh, have that secondary be as strong as maybe what the front is looking to be. Yeah, and Carrington Valentine, the rookie who has flashed, he kind of dropped off a little bit in the Patriots game. But Jair... And Rasul Douglas have been sort of, you know, trash talking the offense every day and challenging him. And we asked Jair, well, what kind of growth have you seen from the Packers offense this camp? Uh, let's see. Hmm. I feel like, uh, you know, they're getting on one page better. I didn't see as many uh, false starts today. So, yeah. Well, there you there go. There you go. Man, a few words. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, really? That's all you could say? That's it. You know, how about the, how about the bomb, you know, to Christian Watson? Or how about the, you know, the back shoulder throw to Rasul Douglas? No, nah, they didn't have any false starts today. <laughs> they didn't have any false starts. Oh, they're on the same page. Okay. Uh, let's do this. We'll break. We'll come back. More of Michael Lemons to wrap things up for the week right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Yeah, no, I mean, it's awesome. You know, guys coming in like Peyton Manning, it's awesome to just be able to hear from him, whatever he has to say, and uh, get him around the team. But, I mean, there's been a lot of great moments through our camp. I think just the biggest thing is the team coming together and bonding through it all and becoming a closer, you know, unit uh, is the biggest thing. I think that's something we've accomplished. But, you know, there's been a lot of great messages from everybody, and I think, you know, each player just has to kind of take take what they hear and uh, put it in their own game. Welcome back to the program. Good to have you. The uh, final segment of the Bill Michael Show before we get out of here. Mike Clemens joining us on board, brought to you by the Baymo, uh, Bay Motel in Green Bay. Hey, real quick, for those wondering about the forecast coming up on not this Sunday, but next Sunday for the motorcycle ride, our buddy Drew Burgoyne from CBS 58 just texted me. He said uh, the new models show dry 
sunny and in the 80s, which is going to be perfect, low 80s, like 81, 82 degrees. So uh, it is just getting better and better and better, and there's no reason not to sign up. Go to Facebook.com slash Big Unit Poker Run and uh, get the information there. So, Mike, uh, Jordan Love, for all intents and purposes, has had a good camp. And I thought this was the quote of the week because there was another broken play, and they're trying to get the ball into 88's hands. Luke Musgrave, the six foot six tight end, his father, Bill Musgrave, an NFL backup quarterback in the 90s, especially in those good teams uh, with the 49ers. And listen to what Luke Musgrave said, what happened on the play. I did motion, which, uh, which is kind of an integral part of the play. And I was kind of uh, messing up. So, yeah, as he should have uh, got on me. But I think that's the beauty of having such a good quarterback like Jordan is, um, especially as a young guy, he's, he's a guy that's going to correct you and get you right. And then he's going to come back and, and move on um, like, like a mature quarterback, uh, like the mature quarterback he is. Um, so, yeah, I really appreciate it. I know it's probably a frustration um, dealing with, with a rookie like me that's taking so many reps. But, uh got a lot but um yeah there's stuff that i i get myself on like that motion there you go uh luke musgrave talking about you know uh the the errant pass so to speak mike uh I, you know i know it's going to be a difficult cut down day coming up next tuesday so uh, just uh, off the top of your head who has to shine tomorrow i i've got that's too long of a list <laughs> really <laughs> too long of a list um i'd like to see someone break through at that safety position. Um, I just think that, you know, people wonder about, you know, Jordan Love playing. Well, this is going to be the weekend of starters. I mean, Justin Fields, the Bears are going to start him, and the Bills are going to start Josh Allen against him. And Aaron Rodgers is going to start for the Jets against the Giants, the team that beat him in London, that, that knew all of his hand signals and, and fractured his thumb. So <laughs> there's there's going to be a lot of number one quarterbacks are going to be playing this weekend because these teams – Let's get these guys going now uh, and see what's going on two weeks before we have the opener. My great stuff. In terms, yeah, of, in terms of surprise cut, it was a little bit of a surprise that uh, last week, Saturday night, the number two center, which is supposed to be one of the safest jobs on an NFL team, went down with a shin injury and he got waived and got an injury settlement, and that was Jake Hansen, no longer yeah. here after three years in Green Bay. Mike, great stuff. We will chat again. You'll chat with Grant on Monday. I'll be back on Tuesday, uh, but it's uh, Tuesday, the interesting day for cutdowns, no doubt. Good stuff, buddy. Thanks, Bill. Safe travels. Appreciate it, pal. There you go. That's our own Mike Clements. Good to have him on board. Time for us to get out of here. Until we talk again, Grant will be back on Monday. I'll be back on Tuesday. Time for us to go. Have a good one. See you.